May 4, 2023. It's the Watt for Pedro Show.
Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Thursday. Start off with John Coltrane with Cannonball Adderley doing Limehouse Blues. And Cress Murphy sailing the world alone because those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention I got with me. Brother Chris Murphy, welcome aboard. Thank you, brother. I'm happy to be here. Absolute. And uh, you got a new album. But I want to learn about your music journey. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Well, let and... me start with this question. Can you bring me your earliest musical recollection, please? Yes, very clearly. I had an old, I have an older sister who's two years older than me. She was born in 1964. And in the 70s, she had the classic 1970s hippie boyfriend, whose name was Jonathan Cohen, who le- who later went on to do, he's the lighting director at Carnegie Hall. But back in the 70s, he would show up after school courting my sister and he'd bring over his album collection and after they he would leave he'd leave the albums there and i would sneak into my sister's room and listen to the five albums that i'm still listening to that is the musical magic i'm been chasing after my whole life that was after the gold rush by neil young running on empty by jackson brown with the late great david lindley on fiddle and lap steel just lost him greetings from asbury park by bruce springsteen it was Desire by Bob Dylan with Scar- the great Scarlett Rivera and violin. And it was Maria Moldauer, Midnight, o- Midnight at the Oasis with Ry Cooter on guitar and a, and a strange looking mandolinist named David Grisman, who looked like Rasputin. And those albums put into a blender and, and churned up is the music I've been chasing my whole life. And um, but that era is my sweet spot. You know, on guitar, well, he had like 30 guitar guys on stage, including the rambling Jack Elliott, was fucking Mick Ronson. Yes. Very interesting and very cool to see that footage surface with Scorsese in the documentary of 2021. What a musical guy he turned out to be to fit in there, took those songs. If the definition of, of being a good musician is showing up and elevating the party which, you know, Coltrane did even when he was just warming up. And, and um, but yes, Mick Ronson, shockingly, shockingly brilliant. I, th- I think it was called the Rolling Thunder Review or something. Yes, the Rolling Thunder Review. And he's got yeah, like some be... weird kind of fucking white pancake makeup on. <laughs> it's strange. And he fucks up the words like Maggie's Farm. He gets mixed up. And, but that was one of my favorite of his later period records. Okay, the pad you grew up in, this pl- pl- thing with the your sister and the boyfriend, was there musical instruments at this pad? No, I come from a I come from a surprisingly non musical family. I grew up in the suburbs. There was no none of the none of the things that I yearned for existed in my upbringing. I grew up in the land of malls and you know soccer moms and and. Uh, you know, uh, housing, uh, you know, uniform, you know, all the houses were the same, but I yearned Track housing, track housing. Yeah, track housing. Yeah. Uh, we Actually, that's what we had in Navy, you know, it's kind of military 
paradigm, right? Paradigm. Let me ask you this. What about school? Were you in the marching band or the choir or shit like that? No, nothing. Nothing like that. Okay, uh, what about first record you bought with your own money? Uh, that would have been... Um, well, what happened to me was interesting. I was a very poor academic student, but I had a strange ability to test well scholastically, and I was cherry-picked out of public school to go to private school. I went and I wound up going as a as a 15-year-old to a very progressive boarding school in upstate New York which had a very wide open music program and I fell in with a very set of a very interesting progressive set of music educators and got exposed to folk music and world music at an early age and like some weird magnet like some it pulled me in and I started playing music and I was always drawn to those interesting string instruments like mandolins and, and violins and auto harps and things like that. I was always uh, and in my mind was that picture of David Lindley uh, playing violin with Jackson Brown on the run it on empty live album that came out in 77. There was a, a booklet that came in the album that was tour photography by Joel Bernstein that had all these great pictures of the musicians. And there was these haunting pictures of David Lindley with his long hair playing the lap steel and the fiddle and, and things like that. And those images that Joel Bernstein took that I loved so much haunted me of like what, you know, it was like a portal to another world. So when I got my hands on, string instruments i was just literally enchanted and uh i wasn't a natural musician i didn't grow up in a classical program or a marching band i didn't have any real natural ability but i was just so intrigued by the magic that could be created with these string instruments that it set me off on a trajectory that's still going to this day okay can i ask you again what was the first record you bought with your own money You know, it might have been the David Grisman Quintet 80 album, now that I think about it. I think it was a cassette. And David Grisman was a mandolin player from the Bay Area who was doing this very unique, beautiful music that was a mixture of jazz and bluegrass. And I think that was it. And that, that was the first, that was when I discovered you could buy music and Maybe somebody had given me some albums or things before that, but you know, I think when I consciously went out and sought out music, I had read an article. I went and bought a mandolin, and when I bought a mandolin from a music store, the guy that sold it to me said, hey, there's a music magazine and there's an article about a mandolin player. I'm going to throw it in to the bag you know, for buying a mandolin from me. And I read the article, and it was about David Grisman, and it talked about all his world and his influences. And I went out, I remember, and I bought that album. And I think that was it. David Grisman, Quintet 80, with Mark O'Connor playing guitar and Daryl Anger on fiddle. And that was a turning point. And what was the first gig you saw? First live performance of music, Brother Chris? Was, was oh, I remember that. Clearly, I was at summer camp as a, as a young teenager, and they took us to see Foreigner at the... Portland Civic Center in Maine and uh, I that was a good that was another magical moment a, a real rock band foreigner in the in the late 70s hot-blooded 
<laughs> right. The other Steve Jones, not the Sex Pistol one. Yes, the other Steve Jones. Right, right. Uh, okay. So, this D- David Grisman, a huge influence on you. Yes. Now, do you I- seek out instruction when you get that mandolin? Yes, I did. And I, I, I have always studied music. I actually had a three-hour classical violin lesson yesterday, which my body is still reeling from. But yes, I did. And I, and I, my whole life, I've really enjoyed learning and studying. And I always have a teacher relationship going. And I did. And I, I got to New England in the 80s was chock full of really cool, interesting teachers that were either jazz musicians or folk musicians that were teaching privately. And I did, and I did seek out and I had a lot of private instruction over the years that was, was really critical to my development. And would you say, I mean, the act of teaching is righteous enough, but it takes a kind of, some people are better at it than other people. Was that your experience? Okay. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes, it's not really related to their ability to play. Absolutely. I was talking to a guest yesterday's show about how trippy it is. If you look at pro sports, the best coaches usually weren't the best players. And then the best players usually don't make good coaches. You know, it was interesting. I, I was dating Joan Osborne's sister for a long time, Sarah Osborne. And I would hang out with Joan Osborne, who's one of the world's great singers. And I always used to bug her to teach me to, you know, to sing like that because she's just got this incredible, earthy, you know, naturally warm and distorted voice. And she would always say to me, Murph, I can't teach you because I don't know how I do it. And I was somebody that had to really learn everything. I have almost no natural ability. Everything I, I can do, I had to like climbing up the face of a, sheer rock cliff I had to learn. And I think that's what makes me a good teacher. And my, my teachers that were fundamentally important and in my life were like that. They had to learn how to do it so they can teach it. So I think that's very true. And I, I work in a way with people that's like, Hey, I was once there and I, I was not natural for me. And, and uh, I think that's very true. You take the empathetic approach. Yes, and I think the real struggle is not usually the technical, but the I found it was with me and with most people. It's the emotional. Sure, it's, get, it's getting through the insecurity, getting through the anxiety, getting through the you know, getting to the real issues. You know, a lot of what I, goes on in teaching is coaching and in supporting and encouraging. You can get people just keeping one foot moving after the other. They'll they'll find their way there. But a lot of it's just sitting there and, and 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 being a witness to their growth and letting them know they're on the right path. Keep moving. Keep moving. Right, right. Speaking of keep moving, you gave me this tune here, Connemara Ponies. Let's listen. <laughs> Sounds good.
alternate world, alternate age, alternate life.
Pedro show that chunk of music start off Chris Murphy off his new record Connemara Ponies is the tune Pelican Man part four Planet Chernobyl me and Petra Hayden coming up with the music behind Charlie Plymel's Planet Chernobyl poem and make it into an opera Wolf Eyes have a brand new album this is Comforts of the Mind Svetlana Maris Brand new from Herb. 2019 to 2020 dash one. That's a title. Chris Murphy off his new album, Red Mountain Blues. Brand new from Kishibashi, Alternate World, Alternate Life. In parentheses. Laura Steenberg with Earthworms. Erica Dawn Lyle, The Venus Flytrap and The Bug. And finally, again, Chris Murphy from his new album, Last of the Twickham Blackbirds. Can you remember your first gig, Brother Chris? You playing, uh, you performing yourself. Yes, and I actually started doing this gig again after 38 years or so, but (laughs) after... (laughs) <laughs> I have returned. Yes, to my you're you're looping it. You're looping it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I after boarding school, I went to a, a college in the Berkshire Mountains in Massachusetts, a very progressive, interesting school called Simon's Rock College. And the Berkshire Mountains is a like idyllic little haven of New England. I got um, to play there last year. Uh, the Wilco people have a festival in North Adams. Yes, I went to school right there. It's right, right. So right by North Adams is the town of um, Lenox, Massachusetts, where Tanglewood is. And there's a very old, beautiful New England inn called the Red Lion Inn, which goes back to the turn of the century. And and that was the very first place I played as a, uh, you know, 17-year-old. And they, like... A lot of things during the pandemic, it got um, renovated and 
lights all new and shiny and they started having music again and a friend of mine books it. So I actually played there and I, I got my 88 year old dad to dig up the poster I made back in the day, you know, of me playing there. I, it was the very first poster I ever did. And I, I put it up alongside the new poster I did and I, I played there, uh, and I'm playing there again, actually, coming up next month. I'll be back on the East Coast. But, yes, the Red Lion Inn, and I uh, fell in love with performing. You know, that, to me, is the sweet spot of music, is doing it in front of people. Okay, so the gig was a success. What was the material? I had a duo with my college friend, Robbie Byer. I believe the set list included quite a few songs we had written, and I think we also did um, Dead Flowers by the Rolling Stones. Uh, and I think we also did a James Taylor song because that was his neighborhood. But, you know, early on, you know, everybody's journey in music is so different. There's a, there's, That's right. I That's used right. to say there's many paths up the mountain. But for me, right away, I could write songs and write music. Other people learn to mimic things well or interpret music very well. But for me, right away, I remember instantly being able to invent my own stuff. And I was fascinated by that. So everything, my relationship with music my whole life has almost been creating my own songs, music, instrumentals, dynamic, things like that. So we we were playing originals and I've kind of always done that. Okay. And uh, do you remember the first song you wrote? Um, I do, and I actually found I think I think I had found a chart for it going through some old some old boxes of stuff. I don't remember I don't remember the name of it, but I think it was just entitled uh, Chris Murphy Composition Number One. I was at that point I was naming things numerically like David Grisman would do. But um, I think it went like this, actually. I have a mandolin here. And something like that. And a little, Robbie... China, a little China Grove. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little Doobie Brother, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but that's bitching that you can still recall that. Now... At first, you were doing instrumentals. Did you start writing words early? No, I didn't. You know, I was, I was, um, I didn't write lyrics. You know, my, my relationship with music in the beginning was really in the style of David Lindley, wanting to be an accompanist, wanting to write my own parts, writing instrumentals, writing the chords, uh, taking the solos. And then progressively, every year of my life, I've gotten one more degree independent you know i can you know to, you know and i i i first started playing with singer songwriters and playing my own parts and then i started writing with people and then eventually started writing lyrics and words and now i'm doing it a lot i write i'm working as a lyricist quite a bit for people where i just write the lyrics and i give them to people and they write they write the music but over the years i've gotten into lyric writing a lot and it takes up a lot of my time and energy and I really love it. But in the beginning I was too shy to write lyrics or sing. Do you remember the first lyric you wrote? Um, well, I'd say 
the first, I don't remember the first lyric I wrote, but I started chiming in, you know, in the, in the mid nineties, you know, when they started editing, you know, my, I was always in bands my whole life and I, I was a member, you know, and there's so much that could be said about band dynamics, both good and bad, but I started chiming in and eventually just took over. I was just always better at it than, than, than most people. And, Luckily, people would acknowledge that. But it was, wasn't until really the 2000s, you know, I moved to L.A. with my band. And in the classic Los Angeles story, uh, you know, a, a year after we got here, we broke up. And <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I'm sorry, Brother Cruz. No, it's so classic, um, including, you know, the I believe it. It happened, you know, after a gig, you're, you know, you're in the van arguing over something, yeah. you know, so that's it. I'm quitting. And, yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah. And I had, to, I had to. You take the L out of lover and it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and funny that that band has kind of reunited not well, hasn't reunited but we we over the years we of course you know you forgive each other and you you forget the bad stuff and remember the good stuff and um a lot in the last couple of years a lot of the people i've played with and you know we've regrouped and reconnected and that particular band there's a lesson there's a lesson to learn there people don't burn bridges because you never know Brother Chris, we're at the end of the first hour, May 4, 2023 edition. Wap Pedro Show special guest, Chris Murphy. Old tight for hour two. May 4, 2023. It's the second hour of the Wap for Pedro Show. Washing the dishes, she's singing a song. Gonna sit on this porch until she comes along. Kitchen girl, kitchen girl, kitchen
daylight sneaks in at its own pace. You lay beside me, sweet hair, cross your face. Just when I was thinking the world ain't fair, how lucky am I that I found you out there? Like a raging river, like treasure.
please welcome from Los Angeles, California, Tea House Records recording artist, Chris Murphy.
whistles Dove from the Boer War Hit them in a cave On a cold Kalala shore Our people in bondage Tested and tried Fires of insurrection Guns by our side While the forces of human nature Gathered up its woes The brotherhood still waited Waiting for the time to go Men started gathering There was talk in the fields And in the dusty pubs Where the lads took their meals In a cave in Kalala By the guns that set us free While we wait to march again From behind that hanging tree No more words, no more talk It's a terrible beauty In a cave in Kalala By the guns that will set us free Lot for Pedro show start off the second hour. Chris Murphy off his new album, Kitchen Girl. Started it all off. Itchy self out of Canada with Here's a Rub. Or here's a scratch. Chris Murphy again off the new record. Small Wonders of Tune. 
emergency room after that. Composer man, also a drummer. I love drummers who compose. Uh, like yesterday, Luis Bateria. Two is the name of the composition. Then something live from Chris Murphy. Caves of Killala. Kalila. Yeah, sounds like a prison song. <laughs> Gotta have a prison song. Uh, beautiful. Look, when we met, I think I came up to a apartment in uh, Hollywood to record yeah. a, a tune for you, the blues for Bukowski. Yeah. Now, now, what was the connect? Was it Perk? Well, here's an interesting backstory. As I had to reinvent myself as my own front man, and I started trying to find musicians to play with me, and I moved through different communities. You, you move through like the freelance rock dudes who have, you know, have state of the art gear and the perfect haircut. And then I tried <laughs> playing folk musicians. Ironically, the crowd that I resonated with the best were the older punk rock guys, the guys yes! <laughs> in the seventies and eighties that had learned how to play somehow their mentality, their openness, their, disregard of tradition and i i early on i made friends with dj Bonebreak from x ah great drummer man who was very open to me and friendly to me yeah, and i made friends man. with steve hodges hodge yeah love him i kind of fell in with this crowd and they did not have any of the stigma of of boundaries like the jazz guys did or the rock guys did they were very and, and a lot of that old punk generation were used to doing gigs, hungry to work, loved to jam. And um, and that's that's how I fell in with 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 you guys. I think, you know, like right away, that was like when I started playing with you guys, it was it felt right that it just felt right. And uh but like everybody who who gets into lyrics, at a certain point you have to confront the ultimate, you know, issue of Bukowski. You know, like it's just it's like a place you get to. It's kind of like playing giant steps if you're a jazz musician. <laughs> and you know, like everyone or everyone really should. I, you know, I just fell in love with Bukowski. I fell in love with his poetry. It really was. And I had read it earlier, but then you go back a second time. You know, first you read it when you're a teenager and you go, oh, God, this is great. You know, there's more to poetry than Robert Frost or whatever. You know, it's like this is the voice. And then you go back to it later and you realize really how beautiful it was. And do you uh, know that his last 14 years was spent in Pedro? He's in the same boneyard as Dee Boone. Well, I'll tell you a funny story about that. Early on in my, I moved to LA in 2001. I think that year I did a pilgrimage down to his grave. And that was when my band was still together. Maybe we hadn't moved here yet. We were on tour and we, I said to everybody, I knew he was buried in Pedro and um, we stopped at his graveyard and left a CD there. Oh, and then wow. about eight years later, in 2008 or nine, an old friend of mine who lived in England was on tour and also stopped 
<laughs> at the graveyard. This is eight years later. Yeah. I, and he sends me a message on Facebook. Dude, I was just up Bukowski's grave and your CD was there. Whoa. Then you know what his headstone says. It says, don't try. It's got the little boxer. Yep. Don't try. Right. One he had a poem the- called that. Look, you gave me this tune called Another Live Thing. I guess you got some extra tunes on this uh, release uh, from gigs. And this is called Hard Bargain.
start again We're running down the clock You can save your pills They can't help me now One jump left I'll take it with a smile Won't you stay And sit with me a while Something moved back when we began I was a slave digging for your love I can still recall your breath under my skin A thousand years
money in my pocket Ain't got no money in my pocket, baby And these rags just hang out my bones Ain't got no money in my pocket, baby Cause I got them broke hands, I got them broke ass blues. Well, my woman, she gonna left me. Said, boy, you ain't gotta die. Yeah, my woman, she gonna left me. Said, boy, you ain't got a dime to fix that roof Cause you got them broke-ass blues I got them broke-ass I'm talking about them broke-ass blues So I shuffle around these streets Oh, I shuffle around these streets Just looking for a dry place to call my home They rain is coming down so hard I'm getting soaked right to the bone Cause I got them broke-ass blues I got them broke-ass blues
Watford Pedro show that chunk of music. Start off. Yeah, Chris Murphy live. Hard bargain. Then Stefano Palia. This is the guitar man from El Sonio de Marinaio. Uh, confident. Chris Murphy again with Cape Horn. Yeah, South Africa. Cursolano after that. Tell me about your love. Tim Holhouse with Broke Ass Blues. And finally, Chris Murphy with The Hunter and the Fox. Tell us about this new album. So I um, have been, I've been making records really consistently. And I uh, got involved with a label for a little bit. But I decided I liked being independent better. And I, one of the issues with the label is they didn't want to put everything out. You know, they had their own kind of schedule of doing things and it wasn't really lining up with my agenda because I've been going to Europe a lot and traveling over there and doing my solo show. So um, I had these records that came out earlier and they just didn't get the publicity and the, and the exposure that I, my manager and I thought they deserved. So you know, I, I, I'm reissuing uh, a collection of, of songs from those albums this summer because uh, a lot of my fans were wondering how to get hold of them and they weren't really accessible. Typical kind of record company stuff. Nobody's fault, really, but I, it's better for me to kind of be a free agent and do things on my own schedule. So, But I... I you know, I write just, I just regularly write music. It comes to me, you know, I loved reading about Bukowski, you know, late at night in Hollywood, you know, listening to classical music on the radio and, and smoking those little cigars and writing his poems every night. That's kind of was an inspiration to me and kind of what I'm like, I'm just always writing songs. So I have a whole bunch of new albums I'm going to put out, but before I put them out, I wanted to just get kind of a, a greatest hits anthology out there in the world. And that's what this is. It's a collection of, of music. I, I wrote between two, 2016, 2018. And, uh, you know, I, I'm somebody that doesn't want to hear a whole hour of bluegrass or a whole hour of bebop or a whole hour of it. You know, I like it when the music's shifting and turning and there's different colors and flavors. And so my music, my show is kind of like that. My musical interests are like that. And this album is a reflection of that. Some of it's more song oriented. Some of it's more instrumental. Some of it's world music influence, but it all revolves around my melody sense and harmonic sense. And, and it's all, kind of based in my own voice, even though it seems like it's a very wide range of stuff. It's not, if you listen to a Bill Frizzell record or, um, you know, even, uh, you know, a Peter Gabriel record, you know, there's a, there's a pretty wide range of stuff on, on albums like that, emotionally speaking. Well, you know, music is music, right? This genre stuff is bullshit anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It it seems like a prison because when you get down to it, right, it's all harmony Rhythm and uh, melody. Yeah. And yeah, there's different ways to do it, just like we're all born with different kind of fingerprints. But just think of all the shit we got in common at the same time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, now, uh, did you make any video? Because I bring up videos. I know it's not a music thing. 
maybe 90s it was big time, right? People spent more money on the video than the album. But I, I say this because we made a bitchin' one, you, me, and Hodge, in Long Beach. It was like the foundation of some old club that got torn down. It was for Blues for Bukowski. And still, that's the most viewed video I've ever put out. <laughs> Is that right? Well, that, oh, yeah. It's got, it's got something. You know, whoever I, made that, but there's a good drama. that Their sense of timing to, to, to put those images to your music, it was righteous job, in my opinion. Yeah, I, every every week I get a notice that somebody's commented on it. You know, I don't know if they're Googling Bukowski or Mike Watt or, you know, it's certainly not my name, but, you know, it's... Um, that was, a, you know, Hodges is a great, uh, he, 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 he brings a lot of music forth, you know, when he's on the gig or on the session, you know, he, he's got that attitude and, and Mike Watt does as well. I just love how open you guys are. And, you know, there's, there's no, uh, there's no preconceived knowledge or notion about how the baseline should go or the, you know, and that's what I love. I, that's what I, I love about your music and your approach to music. And I, um, I'm so grateful. I, I met you early on. We did that great gig together. I, it's at that club in Sierra Madre. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you about that video, the way the, the guy who shot that, he has our eyes making contact shit. We weren't really aware of why we were doing it, but he, he that was so bitching. I love the communication. There, you know, we're at the end of the second hour, May 4, 2023 edition. Wap Peter's special guest, Chris Murphy. People, hold tight, fire three. May 4, 2023. It's the third hour of the Wap for Pedro show.
whistle. The 240 from Galveston. The factory lights are on. Midnight shift has begun. When they will have to answer, I hope they can justify.
Watt for Pedro show. We start off the third hour. Chris Murphy off his new album. This tune is called Vernon Tool and Die. And if you know the neighborhood, you know, SoCal is trippy. You fly over it, you think it's one big town, but it's really like 150 towns. And Vernon is his own special thing. Not after that, we got some music from this great label back east called Carbon. And uh, some artists off there. This is Nod with something on the doorway. Then Bancho Aji with Lost Letter. Reynos out of Argentina. Coliso out of the Moro. A Tamro, I think. The drummer man, uh, Miguel. Cat, uh, uh, he's got Down syndrome, but man, the, the arts, uh, you know. This is a really bitching thing about the arts, people. It, even if you got challenges like that, it, you can let the freak flag fly. Well, Veter, after that, what we break is what we hold. And finally, Chris Murphy with High Country. Yeah. So, this is an anthology. Um, I know you got s- several records in your background. You're, you're right about people. Yeah, the problem of distribution, right? And getting your music out there. You play the gigs, and then, uh, okay, so you're getting all caught up on that. Uh, but you told me you're constantly writing. Yeah. Okay, now now what what's the process there? Do you make demos? Do you have, like, a l- notebook of words? Do you use your voice memo on your leash to get little melodies recorded? Or I do all of those things in all honesty i do whatever i have to to move the ball down the playing field and i've all of them are valuable all of them are good but really what i do honestly is i conjecture and envision the whole thing before i even even compose a single measure of music like in my mind i'm like this is what i want to do and uh and then i almost like i will it to happen in a way like i my newest album is a collection of six songs that's just violin and vocals, me singing and playing. Um, I did it at the Compound Studios with Antone. Signal Hill. Yeah, Signal Hill down there, yeah. You know, I think Hodge's son does a lot of work there. We yeah. used to, yeah, yeah. Uh, t- named after Taj Mahal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I haven't met him yet, but Hodges has told me about him. I want to meet him one day, but I just liked um, Antoine down there. You know, I yeah, sure, his... sure, good people. Good yeah, people. I liked I liked pulling into that little thing, but you know, but at one point I said to myself, I want to make an album that's really just violin, vocals, me singing, you know, without and you know, so that's like where it started, and I I actually started with a title, you know, and then like. And that's what I'll do. I'll start with an idea and and then flesh it out. That's how I write. I have to start with the title, too. That's a trip because I ask people a lot this on the show. And almost every composer says they put the title on last. But I got to start with one. And Paul Westerberg does, too, by the way. That's where I first read that. Okay. For me, it helps bring focus. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I remember Paul Westerberg writing like back when the replacements were big in the eighties. I remember him saying, you gotta have, I start with the title. Once you have a good title, everything else falls into place. And I, I agree for me that works. I know other people work other ways, but for me, like I almost can't start until I have the title really in place. I've had cats on the show. You know how, like we were saying, they got 
they collect lyrics and melody lines. They collect titles. I do too. Yeah, that's what I have. Okay, I before have they're so they're like in your quill, right? When in, in, if need be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would, and to this day, like the biggest regrets I think I have in my musical life were like badly named bands I had that had bad band names like you never really get past that you don't have a good band name like <laughs> no. the band will never really fully materialize like you're almost doomed so and songs that don't have a good title like to me that title is really critical you know you told me musicians really inspire you but does other arts inform your work as well like painting or literature yes absolutely basquiat for sure actually i just got a i'm holding it right now i got a little Basquiat, like little pocketbook. I love his work. Um, and we were I talking love, about uh, uh, Charles Bukowski, but you were talking more about lyrics. Do you ever draw upon his poetry to bring instrumental music? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't have a tattoo. I don't have any tattoos, but if I ever get one, it'll be a Bukowski for sure. <laughs> okay. But, Look, he so he's so beautiful on so many levels. That's you know, a, I, that's a perfect uh, intro for this tune that you gave me. I swear I'm gonna learn this time. <laughs> <laughs>
I knew I should have, but it's just too late. My pulse starts racing and I can't think straight. Been down this road as it starts to climb. But I swear I'm gonna learn this time. No one's accused me of following the rules. When it comes to love, you know I'm just a fool. I like to double down to my last dime. But I swear I'm gonna learn this time. I swear I'm gonna learn this time. It's hard when your heart's beating in rhyme. Feels so good, it's a shame, it's a crime. I swear I'm gonna learn this time. But I swear I'm gonna learn this time. But I swear I'm gonna learn this
Suddenly, Jenny spun around. And there, lay before him, the ancient city of Moon.
Dr. Pepper with a filler. Baby got so hot, Nika said she couldn't smell no more. I said, I'll go run. Doctor, ring the bell, the women in the alley. I'm simply wild about my good cocaine. I'm a fast speeding train. The clutch, arm in arm, hand to hand. It's a karate chop, an airplane spin. And as he spun the Batman around faster and faster, he acted as a helicopter blade. And soon, the boxcar was sailing 20 miles above the surface of the earth. What will our heroes do now? And then, like an umbrella, the whole tableau spun radial and crackled and plummeted like an arrow to the earth. There it lay broken in a New York City trash can, looking for all the world like an umbrella that had seen too much and forgotten nothing.
I was sitting looking out the window just the other day. I said, what's that infernal racket out there? I said, then I realized it was just garbage men. And one of them turned at the window. He's rattling the pots and pans at me. And I leered my head out the window and said, hey, garbage man. Ha, ha, ha. You garbage man, garbage man. Wash your brain and then you'll be brainwashed. That's what he said. But the most fun I've had in a long while is to watch the wish of the second hand watch of the second hand watch the wish of the second hand watch the wish of the second hand watch the second hand watch the wish of the second hand watch of the second hand watch the wish of the second hand watch watching the wishing of the second hand watching of the wishing of the wishing of the watching of the second hand watch the wish of the second hand watch the second hand was watching the wish of the second hand watch watching the wish of the second hand
Watt for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Chris Murphy started off that chunk with I Swear I'm Gonna Learn This Time. And then we had, now this is the Holy Modal Rounders. It's 60s, right? Uh, yeah. Peter Stamfel and uh, Steve Weber. Uh, Peter, of course, played fiddle, and I thought you might dig this. Peter sent me this uh, one side. This is called Jimmy Crash. Jimmy and Crash Survey the Universe. Holy Modal Rounders. And then finally, Music for a Feast, Chris Murphy. Now, you kind of gave away, because I was going to ask you what's next, but you say you got you got an album done? You got six-song album ready to go. Yeah, it's already came out, actually, but I'm going to re-release it, because that label didn't really know what to do with it. But that's that'll be re-released. But I'm all, what I'm working on right now is a side project that I have going that's of all my instrumental, ambient, Electric violin mood music. Whoa, okay. So some long tones. Yeah, and it's all with my, it's my live looping, uh, you know, inspired by like a lot of those post-rock bands like Explosions in the Sky. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that band. And kind of, uh, they're, they're instrumental, but also kind of cinematic. Yeah, a Silver Mount Zion Orchestra. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ephraim. Up in Canada, Quebec, uh, yeah. Montreal. It, yeah. I have a project like that that I call Seven Crows. Actually, Ephraim, uh, he's got Sophia on the violin. He's got a violin player, maybe two. Yeah, well, his wife, Jessica Moss, plays violin with him, and her music is just gorgeous. I love it. She's she's one of my big heroes in that style. That whole Montreal crew is just amazing. Yeah, I, what, I agree. That label, Constellation Records. I, I agree, I agree. And the, that place they have that was like a Spanish cultural center, I, I played that place a few times. Uh, Popo, whatever the... And uh, great, uh, the bass man, right? Mario. Uh, Mauro. He, uh, all of them. It's a really good thing. He, uh, even though they found success, they wanted to support the community. Great cats, great cats. So that's your next proj, huh? It's a, it's a kind of a ambient instrumental album. Yeah, it'll be my third one. And what do you call it? Do you call it Chris the, Murphy? Crows. Spell it. Seven S E V E N Crows C R O W S. Okay, Seven Crows. Wow, it does that mean anything? Um. It was the name of a bookstore, but it's also a poem, part of a poem by some by some poet. But I just, you know, I just. What What do you think of crows and ravens? They're pretty fucking intelligent, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. I love I love the idea of crows and and I love the idea of having a project that's not my name. That's an ambiguous, um, an ambiguous name that could be anything, and that it's not. You know, when when. When you have somebody's name, it really like you associate it with a face and an identity. Well, and that's yeah, cool. you, you know who to blame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's good to take turns. I think life is about taking turns. Yeah. So now a that you did that people, shift where you're of, you're given direction, now you be the shift where you're some kind of like, yeah, incognito, just source of music. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of people like this music more than my songs and my, my folk music, but it's really gotten a great response. And I, um, I'm really excited. When, when about do you it. think but it'll come out? I'll probably put it out the first of the year. Look, can I put an invite right now? 
When that comes Absolutely. out, will you come back on the show? We can play it and talk. Yeah, I was actually we're we're about ninety percent done with this new record, and I wanted to invite you to play bass on a track. Shit, yeah. It's all me alone with my looping, and I did it with a few different producers, but I just love your freedom and voice and soul when you play the bass. It's almost like any time. That track you did for me on the last Three, album, three Feet Deep. Oh, what's that? Three Feet Deep. Three Feet Deep, man. That is the greatest. <laughs> I played thing. it on the show. Yeah. That's what the dude Well, you told me that you said feet. I was playing too straight, so you said get funky, what? Yeah, no, it's so great. I sometimes late at night when I'm driving home from a gig, I put it on because I just love where you go with that. It just like, and that's the beauty of collaborate. I mean, I love playing by myself and doing everything alone. But when you open a door to collaboration, and it's kind of like in a way why I like not having the people there. Like you did it remotely without much direction. Yeah, I would like be yourself, and it's so cool when somebody takes it and you know you took that track. And the other cats on it was the the sax player from Morphine, Dana right. Cox. The only guy left because Billy and Mark are yep. gone now. Yep, Billy died. I knew Billy. I knew those guys. I was in Boston going to music school at the same time, and I'd go. And, Mark, uh, Mark was there. Oh, Mark was always very kind to me. Two string bass with a slide. Yeah, he was great. I I opened for Tree to Write a bunch, which is how I got to know them. Ah, oh, beautiful. Look. Yeah. We're going to have to wait till next time when this record comes out, come back on the show, because we're out of time here. But I love having you on, Brother Chris. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Brother Mike. I'm so grateful to you. You are part of my musical life. Your, your spirit and energy and warmth and creativity, I draw upon and I summon it up whenever, whenever I play music. Mike <laughs> Watt forever. <laughs> you most kind. Big love. <laughs> People, May 4, 2023 edition of the Watt from Pedro Show. Keep your power dry. <laughs>